0: hello and welcome to the gathering a podcast for all things magic the gathering in my podcast we will cover new packs mtg arena magic news and much more if you enjoy magic or are new to magic and would like to know more then sit back relax and enjoy thank you very much Welcome back to another episode of The Gathering. We will cover the up-and-coming Anaheim Tournament, the first deck to reach Mythic status on MTG Arena, MTG Arena News in general, and the Unsanctioned Pack. So without further ado, let's jump right into it. So first things first, uh, we're going to absolutely go over the World Championship 26 for Magic the Gathering coming up here. It starts on February 14th and runs through the 16th. The World Championship this year takes place in Honolulu, Hawaii. On all three days, it will be from 9 a.m. to 7 p.m. Uh, UTC. Day one we'll see a Theros Beyond Death booster draft, followed by a standard constructed best of three. For the booster draft, all players will begin in an eight-player draft pod. Players' deck lists will be imported into MTG Arena for draft play. After two rounds, players advance to standard constructed play or continue draft play based on record. Four two to 2-0 players... Advanced to winner group. Four zero two players advanced to elimination group. Eight one out of one players play the third round of draft. After the third draft round, the remaining players advance to the brackets based on record. Four two to one players advanced to winner group, and four one to two players advanced to elimination group. In the standard constructed play, winner groups play two rounds, then advanced based on record. Two two zero players advanced to top eight. Semifinals, two zero two players advance to Saturday play in. Four one out of one players play a third round of constructed. Winner group one on one players after completing a third round advance based on record. Two two to one players advance to top eight. Two one to two players advance to Saturday play in. Elimination group plays two rounds, then advance or are eliminated based on record. Two two to zero players advance to Saturday play in. Two zero two players are eliminated. Four one on one players play a third round of constructed. And lastly, the elimination group 101 players after completing a third round advanced or are eliminated based on record. 2, two 1 players advance to Saturday play in, 2 1 2 players are eliminated. And we go on to day 2, which is standard constructed Saturday play in and top 8 double elimination. After two rounds, players advance to top 8 or are eliminated based on record. 2 2 out of, two out of 0 players advance to top 8 lower bracket, 2 0 2 players are eliminated. 4-1-1 players play a third round of Constructed. After the third round, the remaining players advance to top 8 or are eliminated based on record. If you have a 2-1 two two player, advance to top 8 lower bracket, and 2-1-2 two, two players are eliminated. Day 3 is a Sunday showdown among the remaining of the World Championship competitors. The top 4 is seeded by top 8 advancement. Upper finals are seeded by 2 players who advanced from the top 8 upper semifinals. Lower bracket round three matches are seeded by two players who advance from the lower bracket round two. Lower bracket finals continue this playoff structure. The grand finals is seeded by the winners of the upper finals and the lower finals. After Sunday's exciting conclusion, one player will win the grand finals, earning the title of Magic World Champion, and a hefty prize of $300,000. If you would like to see this event, you can watch it the entirety of the Magic World Championship 26 on twitch.tv slash and you'll be able to check out some of the best players in the world going up against each other. I've always hindsight-watched my Magic tournaments. I'm now always never. i never able to catch them at the time of, but I've gone back and watched old tournaments and watched ones from last year after the fact when I had the time to watch them. They're always awesome, and it's worth checking out. So definitely go check out twitch.tv slash magic. So from there, we're going to move over to DreamHack Anaheim 2020. DreamHack will be hosting four tournaments, I believe, this year. Uh, the first one being on February 21st through 23rd at the Anaheim Arena in California. The tournament will start on Friday, February 21st at 2 p.m. Saturday will be February 22nd, 11 a.m. And Sunday, February 23rd at 10 a.m., all Pacific Standard Time. Format will be Swiss with double elimination, top 16 playoffs. 10 Swiss rounds up to 300 persons, 11 for 300 plus. Capped at 350 people, uh, the MTG Arena Tournament Mode BO3 with Standard Decks, the winner will receive an invitation to the next Mythic Invitational, May 14th through the 17th. The prize pool will consist of $100,000, 1st place receiving $30,000, 2nd place $15,000, 3rd and 4th place will receive $8,000, 5th through 8th place will receive $3,750, 9th through 16th place will receive 1,400, and 17th through 32nd will receive 800. This is uh, DreamHack's first West Coast US uh, event. They will have a bunch of other esports going on from all different kinds of video games. If this sounds like a, a pretty cool thing that you'd like to check out, you can receive more information or tickets uh, at slash Anaheim. They will have a bunch of different events and stuff going on, so you could check out. Um, other tabletop games, other video games, as well as some really amazing cosplay, because the cosplay at all these kind of events are always unbelievably awesome. Now, you can join in on the tournaments if that is something you're interested in. You will see some of the top Magic players, I'm sure, at this event, uh, or a bunch of people vying for that Mythic Champion Invitational. Now, competitive isn't something that I think I would ever uh, get into, because it is, as as the name implies, competitive. And you're going to be facing a lot of really good players. Uh, But whether you're going for competitive or, you know, just to check it out, see what it's like, I recommend if you're in that area, you know, especially if you're in that area, check it out. If you like magic, I'm sure you'll enjoy what you see there. On top of that, there's a bunch of other things to do. So definitely worth checking out, I would say. Uh, If I did not live halfway across the country, I would probably go check it out myself. And I will, uh, as more information comes out leading up to this next couple weeks here, I'll give any information I find on it. So from there, we're going to hop over and check out this deck that is the first one to reach Mythic status in an MTG arena. Uh, JS2 was one of the first players to reach Mythic rank this season using a Mono Red Aggro. Uh, The addition of Annex Hardened in the Forge and Phoenix of Ash in Theros Beyond Death has reinvigorated the Archetype. So this deck actually looks pretty cool. Uh, I do enjoy Mono Red. It's one of my favorite uh, Mono colors to play. So it's something that I could actually probably get into. But uh, for his deck list here, let's see, he's got 4 Annex Hardened the Forge, which, if you don't know, Annex Harden the Forge is a 3-drop, star 3. His power is equal to your devotion to red, which devotion is uh, how much in mana costs you have of red. Whenever Annex or another non-token creature you control dies, create a 1-1 one, one red satyr creature token with this creature can't block. If this creature had power 4 or greater, create 2 of those tokens instead. So if your Devotion is greater than 4, you're going to be getting 2 of your 1-1 tokens every every time. It also has 4 of Fervent Champion, which is a 1-drop 1-1. Uh, it's First Strike haste. Whenever Fervent Champion attacks another target attacking knight you control gets plus 1, plus 0 until the end of the turn. Equip abilities you activate that target Fervent Champion costs 3 less to activate. It has 2 Phoenix of the Ash, which is one of those previously mentioned cards which is a 3-drop, 2-red, 1-colorless, 2-2, Flying Haste, which most most Phoenix have that. They're usually a Flying and a Haste. Not always Haste, but usually for sure Flying. His ability is tap 3, a red and 2-colorless. Phoenix of the Ash gets plus 2, plus 0 to land a turn. It also has Escape for 4, 2-red, two 2-colorless. Two Exile 3 other cards from your graveyard, and then you may recast it from your graveyard. And Phoenix of the Ash escapes with a plus 1, plus 1 counter on it. Now I really like that because phoenixes always usually have an ability to allow to be cast from the graveyard so with this escape ability it actually really makes sense and I feel like it works better than most of the phoenix abilities. I know there's really good phoenixes out there but I feel like contextually it makes sense having an escape ability for the phoenix instead of just a regular phoenix cast from the graveyard kind of card. It has three robber of the rich is a two drop red and a colorless two two reach haste. Whenever Robber of the Rich attacks, if defending player has more cards in hand than you, exile the top card of their library. During any turn you attacked with a rogue, you may cast that card, and you may spend mana as though it were mana to cast of any color. Which is really cool, because even though it's a mono-red deck, say so you're facing any other color deck, blue, black, green, or white, you're going to be able to cast their cards because of his ability, because you can use it for any mana cost. I really like cards that have that. Where any mana can be used for any color, specifically to cast that card. It's always very useful and very, very, uh, very fun mechanic. It has four runway steamkin, is a two drop, one red, one colorless, one-one. Whenever you cast a red spell, if runway steamkin has fewer than three plus one counters on it, put a plus one counter on runway steamkin. Remove three plus one counters from runway steamkin, add three red mana to your mana pool. Which is cool. You know, you always need a little bit of ramp up. It's got four scorch splitter one drop it's a one one whenever scorch Plutter attacks it deals one damage to target player or plane blocker it's attacking which dice because it's only a one one and it's a one drop so it's a nice little drop but it gets that extra ability to do a little extra damage uh, which is always cool it's got four ten street dodger is a one drop red one one Ten street dodger can't be blocked this turn except by creatures with defender which, for anyone that doesn't know, a Defender is a card that can only block. It cannot attack unless a card that specifically specifies it can attack. I actually have a Defender deck. It is, is a Commander deck. And I use Arcadius, and he's one of those cards that allows Defenders to attack. And its powers is equal to its toughness. And most Defenders end up having zero uh, power, so that ends up being very useful. So you get a zero four, 4 and then it ends up being effectively a 4-4, four four, and you can swing with it when you normally couldn't. It's got three... Light Up the Stage is a 3-drop Sorcery, 1 red, 2 colorless, and it's got Spectacle. You may cast this spell for its Spectacle cost rather than its Mana cost if your opponent lost life this turn. Exile the top 2 cards of your library until the end of the turn. Until the end of your next turn, you may play these those cards, which kind of uh, might give you a hand up, maybe get something out. Oh, this deck seems to have a lot of low-dropping stuff, so I could see that actually being pretty useful. It's got 4, Infuriate, is a 1-drop red instant. Target creature gets plus 3, plus 2 until end of turn. It's got 4, Shock, which is very common instant, uh, very standard in magic. Is a 1-drop. Shock deals 2 damage to any target. I believe Shock used to be deals 2 damage to target player, but now they do any damage or any target. I could be mistaken, but I'm, I'm pretty sure the old, old Shocks used to be can only be 2-player. It's got four Ember Cleaves, which is a really nice artifact card. Ember Cleave is a six-drop, two red, four colorless equipment. This spell costs one less to cast for each attacking creature you control. And it does have flash, so you can can cast it out at instant speed. When Ember Cleave enters the battlefield, attach it to target creature you control. So then you don't have to play the equipment cost, which equip is three, but if you're flashing it out while you're attacking, you're going to equip it right to a creature without paying that equipment cost. Equipped creature gets plus one, plus one, and has double strike and trample, which can be very useful, especially if I could see this being paired well with infuriate and uh, another card maybe like annex, you can end up maybe hitting for a 10-10 trample double strike. That could end up being very useful. Now it also has three castle Emberth. Castle Emberth enters the battlefield, tapped, unless you control a mountain. Tap to add a red to your mana pool. Tap 3, 2 red, 1 colorless. Creatures you control get plus 1, plus 0 to end a turn. Just a kind of standard non-basic land. It's got a nice little additional ability. Always good to have uh, some non-basic lands in your deck. It really helps uh, when they have those additional abilities. You get a little, little extra effect out of your mana. And then it has 17 mountains, just regular old mountains for the mana. And then it does have a sideboard. The sideboard has got two Claim the Firstborn, is a red, one drop, gain control of the target creature Conver- with converted mana cost three or less until end of turn. Untap that creature, it gains haste until end of turn. It's got one Experimental Frenzy. You may look at the top card of your library at any time. You may play the top card of your library. You can't play cards from your hand. Tap four destroy Experimental Frenzy. So it's kind of a way to be able to play off of your library. I could see that being useful when you're top decking. You only got one card left. Although this is an aggro deck, you usually don't end up top decking because the deck the duel goes by so fast that it's over before you even get to that point. But that's where I can kind of see where its its value is the most is, is probably in a top deck situation. I now know. I'm sure there's a bunch of other ones out there you guys could think of. But to me, that's, that's where the value for me, I feel like it will be the most. It also has 4 Red Cap Melee, which is a 1-drop instant. Red Cap Melee deals 4 damage to target creature, planeswalker. If a non-red permanent is dealt damage this way, you sacrifice to land. It's kind of nice 4-drop damage uh, with a little bit of a drawback. Usually, if you're going to get 4 damage out of a 1-drop instant, it's going to have a drawback like that. It also has 4 Unchained Berserker, which is a 2-drop, 1-1. One, one. Protection from white, which is really nice, because then uh, white can't block, attack, do damage, anything like that. Target him in any way, uh, uh, outside of uh, an all uh, all ability, like destroy all. If it's a white card that does destroy all, he'll still be affected by it. It also has unch- Unchained Berserker gets plus two, plus zero, as long as it is attacking. So it gets a little boost when you attack with it, which... Kind of you can see with the, the theme throughout this deck, it is all about you know getting out and doing damage quick. It also has two Scorching Dragonfire, which is a two-drop instant, one red, one colorless. Scorching Dragonfire deals three damage to target creature or planeswalker. If that creature or planeswalker would die this way, exile it instead, which can be nice. With, like, uh, black decks that tend to be able to pull things back from the graveyard, so you can maybe exile it and get rid of it without them having the ability to ever bring it back, which can be very useful. Now, lastly, it has two of the Akron War, which is a new card out of Pharos, uh, but it follows the Saga, which I believe Saga was introduced a little while back here. Uh, So Saga is uh, a progressing card. It's effectively an enchantment. That will do something through one to three turns, and after the third turn, it will be sacrificed. But it does start out turn one gain control of target creature for as long as the Akron of War remains on the battlefield, which will be three turns. You'll have control of that creature. Uh, second turn until your next turn, creatures your opponent's control attack each combat it is able. Uh, and then lastly, the third one is each tapped creature deals damage to itself equal to its power, which is actually nice with the other ability because they have to swing in the second turn and then they're all tapped out unless they have vigilance that your next turn it activates uh they're gonna all do damage to themselves which could be very useful so that's the sideboard and then the main library as well that was the first deck to reach mythic status so congratulations to js2 for achieving that the first mythic status on mtg arena now it does have a sideboard guide what you should do if depending on what happens for your sideboard uh i'm not gonna go through that uh, just because it would take a little bit longer here. But if you'd like to know, I found all this information on mtgazone.com. And if you search for that first mythic deck of the season, I'm sure you'll be able to find it. If this plan, if this is something you plan on doing, or a deck you plan on using, you can find out any more information on it there. But uh, yeah, definitely congratulations to JS2 for reaching that mythic status. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. And mono-red. I love it. I love mono-red aggro. My mono-red aggro is usually a burn. His is a little bit different, and it's awesome. Uh, So, yeah, props. 100%. So, going from there, we next have um, a little bit of MTG Arena news. We have a uh, Ikora Mythic Point Challenge event coming up. Uh, It starts on February 29th. Uh, So the tournament is a little bit different. I don't believe anyone can just enter. It says Mythic Point Challenges are invitation-only events. Eligible players will be granted the role of Challenger prior to the Mythic Point Challenge taking place. Players with the role of Challenger are granted one entry into the Mythic Point Challenge Day 1 event. Players can see if they have the role of Challenger by selecting Profile once logged in. The Challenger role will be displayed adjacent to the Season Rewards button on the screen. Players can earn the challenger role by finishing the top 1200 of either constructed or limited ranked play at the end of the one of the ranked seasons that are tied to a Mythic Point Challenge. For the Mythic Point Challenge on February 29th, 2020, the feeds Mythic Invitational Ikora. The following ranked seasons are used for determining the player's eligibility, which they have all ended by now. But anybody that was in Season 1 through 3 of Thrones of Eldraine, which was September 30th through October 31st, uh, Season 2, October 31st through November 30th. Season 3, November 30th through December 31st, and then from there, Season 1 for Theros Beyond Death, which was December 31st through January 31st. It also says, additionally, any members in the 2020 Pro League and Rivals League are eligible to compete in the Mythic Point Challenge, regardless of standings in the ranked season that determine eligibility. Additional means of receiving the Royal Challenger for Mythic Point Challenge is at the sole discretion of the Magic Pro League. The tournament will start on February 27th, is a Thursday at 6am Pacific time, and will go through Saturday, February 29th, starting at 6am all the way through 6pm. Format is a gameplay format that is event traditional best of three standard players can participate in the event either until they earn 10 wins or 3 loses. The prize pool is just for MTG Arena stuff, you'll get... If you get ten wins, you get three thousand gems. One win only gets you two hundred, and you'll get wins throughout or gems differentiating throughout that the placement. You also get if you get five wins starting, you get one mythic point. All the way up to ten wins will get you six mythic points. Now, mythic points is what replace pro point system, uh, at least as I can read, at least on MTG Arena, and they use it for uh, deciding ranking for mythic championships. Moving from there, I would kind of like to talk about uh, this unsanctioned box set that's coming out. Comes out on February 29th. Now, in Sanction, if you guys aren't aware, for anyone, any people that aren't aware, they're very out there cards, they're not necessarily in line with how normal Magic is played, they're almost kind of like more comedic, or a joking card, it's kind of, you know, just a little bit more lighthearted, hearted, uh, kind of just have a fun time, and laugh while you're doing it, because these cards, descriptions, and abilities, and everything with them are hilarious, so it starts out at $60, and you get five 30-card mono-colored decks, each designed synergy with one another in unique and surprising ways. Each player combines two decks into one 60-card deck and faces off for some wacky gameplay that stretches the limits of what magic cards can do. Me and my friends were thinking about just taking each of one of those decks and then just using it as is and seeing how it goes. But, you know, see what happens. So as I said, it came with the 530 card monocolored decks. It comes with two six-sided dice, ten double-sided tokens, five full-art basic lands with all-new artwork. And I actually seen these. These these look awesome. Five foil full-art basic lands with all-new artwork as well. Awesome. And if you guys remember, I love foil lands, so I'm stoked. And one reusable storage box, and you can never have enough storage for Magic. Every season player knows that. You can uh, get this pretty much any all places you get Magic. I don't know if like stores are gonna sell them in like Walmart or Target or places like that. Uh, your game stores will most likely have them, or you can go to places like TCG Player, which I highly recommend. It's the best pricing of uh, anything Magic, and and then some. I don't trust very much other places when it comes to card pricing. So some of these cards, I just want to point out a couple that are I thought were hilarious. Uh, probably my favorite out of all of these are, there's a three set, three like combination cards of these, and they all have a you know, similar theme here. Is Infernal Spawn of Evil is a three, black, six colorless, seven, seven, flying first strike. Its creature type says Demon, but that's crossed out in red ink and writes Beast instead. And then its ability is two, A black and a colorless. Reveal Infernal Spawn of Evil from your hand. Say, it's coming. Infernal Spawn of Evil deals 1 damage to target opponent or planeswalker. Activate this ability only during your upkeep and only once each turn. So the next one from this is Infernal Spawn of Infernal Spawn of Evil. And it's the same one from the previous one, but he has a baby now. He's holding a mug that says Best Dad as well. It's a creature and it has Beast, but it's crossed out and it says Demon Child. It's a 10 drop. 2 black, 8 colorless, 8-8, eight, eight, flying first strike, trample, and then once each turn while you're searching your library, you may pay 2, a black and a colorless, reveal Infernal Spawn of Infernal Spawn of Evil from your hand, and say, I'm coming too. If you do Infernal Spawn of, Infernal Spawn of Evil, it's getting tongue twisty here, it will deal 2 damage to a player of your choice. Now the last one, and this is the reason I like them very much. Or, like him so much. And Furnace, Spawnington Third Esquire. Now, I'm a third, so that's kind of why I like it the most, just because of that small connection, because I'm the third of my family name. But this one is an 11-drop, 1 black, 10 colorless, 9-9, flying, first strike, trample, haste. It is a beast, demon, grandchild. The spell costs three less, three colorless less to cast for each card you revealed this turn. When Infernus Spawning, the third Esquire enters the battlefield, you may say, I'm here. If you do, it deals three damage to target player. I really like those cards. Uh, the artwork on them are really funny, and they're uh, just really goofy kind of cards, and freaking <laughs> insanely powerhoused, which is, I just love them, and they're funny. Some of the other uh, ones I think stuck out a lot was this three set of cards. Paper Tiger, which I'm not sure that might be a reference to Bill Burr's special, Paper Tigers. Uh, maybe, maybe not. I'm going to say it is for myself. But, you know, we never know, so we'll have to wait and see. Maybe they'll, uh, announce that there is a connection. Paper Tiger is a 4-drop colorless 4-3, and its ability is Creatures Named Rock Lobster Can Attack or block. So then from there, it goes to Rock Lobster, which Rock Lobster is a connection to the song, B-52's song of the same name, Rock Lobster. And it's also a colorless 4-drop, 4-3, and its ability is Creatures Named Scissor Lizard Can Attack or Block. So, as you can guess, the last one is Scissor Lizard, and I don't know what the connection for that is, besides maybe it's just kind of punny naming, but it is a 4-drop colorless 4-3, Creatures Named Paper Tiger Can Attack or Block. So they all kind of, like, Stop each other, you know, and it's all obviously rock, paper, scissors. Uh, I'm sure there's probably a connection for a uh, scissors lizard to something too. I just don't know it personally. I think though it's overall still really funny, uh, and the artwork form are pretty pretty cool as well. And actually, looking at their their uh, flavor texts of their descriptions, uh, they all have a pun in there as well. So the paper tiger has the tiger is always quick to fold. Uh, the Rock Lobster has Mini Take the Lobster for Granite. The Lizard's is Nothing Beats the Lizard's Sheer Power. <laughs> so a little bit of puns in there as well. Unsanctioned is kind of themed around, you know, jokes and, and funny things. So a little bit more here with the uh, Unsanctioned. They also have a really cool card coming out. Resembles the other swords of the game, which uh, I'm sure most people know of, which is sort of like Feast and Famine, sort of body and mind. And they all are universal in what they initially do, which is equipped creature gets plus two, plus two, and then has protection of, normally it's two colors. But so for this one, they have Swords of Dungeons of Dragons, which uh, is a reference to the fact that Wizards of the Coast also makes Dungeons of Dragons, I'm sure. It's really cool artwork, too, actually. But it's a three drop, and its ability is like the others. Equipped creature gets plus two, plus two, and has protection from rogues and from clerics. When a quick creature deals combat damage to a player, create a 4-4 gold dragon creature token with flying, and roll a d20, a 20-sided dice. If you roll a 20, repeat this process, and it has an equipment cost of 2. So it's really cool that they added that d twenty thing too, because that's really big in in uh in Dungeons of the Dragons. Is you need to roll the dice to see what your abilities are going to do. Where twenty is a critical hit, and like one is a critical failure. So I really like this card that they added. And uh, if I got permissions from my buddies while we're playing casual, I totally would want to use that in just some of my regular deck for uh, commander. Uh, and then lastly, here there is a couple. Just a little bit I wanted to uh, touch on for these is uh there's Johnny Combo Player which is a 4-drop, 2-blue, two 2-colorless, two 1-1, tap 4, search your library for a card, put that card into your hand, then shuffle your library. Uh, his flavor text is, just wait till I get my Crack Clan, Ironworks, Genesis Chamber, and Grinding Station. Oh yeah, and a second Mire Retriever. So I'm, I'm sure it's a joke on, on players that do a lot of combos, uh... I don't know if specifically Johnny is a reference to that, if that's like something uh, in the magic community. But they do have Timmy Power Gamer as well. And that definitely is. Uh, calling someone Timmy is uh, somebody that loves using power. They get a lot of joy out of using high-powered creatures. And they have one in here for him, and it's Timmy Power Gamer. He's a 4-drop, 2 green, 2 colorless. 1-1, uh, one, one, tap 4. You may put a creature card from your hand onto the battlefield. And his flavor text is, just wait till I get my gigantosaurus dot 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 so those are really funny cards and i figured i'd end on with those uh here on unsanctioned uh really really funny uh stuff There is a bunch of other cards here for unsanctioned as well. So if it's something that you're interested in, you know, I recommend checking it out. As I said, you can find it at uh, probably about anywhere you get your Magic for local stores. Again, I don't know if Target or Walmart will carry them. Uh, You can also get it online at places like TCG Player. I didn't see it on Amazon, at least for pre-sale, so I don't know if it's going to be on there or not. I recommend go, if you're going to buy it online, go through TCG Player because they have usually the best pricing. Uh, otherwise, I highly recommend, you know, finding your local game store and, and buying buying through them. You know, supporting small business is always good, and it uh, really helps the community. Allowing those game stores to thrive uh, really is good for the community of Magic, and I highly recommend that as well. But uh, moving on from there, we're going to go and check out this fan email. And I actually got one from somebody today. So let's go ahead and read this. <clears throat> You're doing great, sweetie. Sweetie? That's kind of weird. Keep up the good work. I love you. I love you. Who's saying I love you? Dad says hi. Love, Mom. Well, right. Not the fan mail I expected, but... Thank you, Mom. Now, all joking aside, I appreciate anybody listening to this podcast. Uh, If you'd like to hear more from me uh i have other podcasts that will be going up continuously uh please maybe you know leave a review um check out youtube is pyrotech games at youtube uh like and subscribe over there i should hopefully have been some videos going up here soon and hopefully one day this uh podcast will be a video version as well to be able to go up on uh that youtube channel um but absolutely love you guys thanks for listening and have a beautiful day